Welcome to the Autism Classroom Resources Podcast, the podcast for special educators who are looking for personal and professional development. I'm your host, Dr. Christine Reeve. For more than 20 years, I've worn lots of hats in special education, but my real love is helping special educators like you. This podcast will give you tips and ways to implement research-based practices in a practical way in your classroom to make your job easier and more effective. Welcome back to the Autism Classroom Resources Podcast. I'm so glad that you've joined us today. Today, I want to talk about cooking in the classroom, which is one of the activities in the classroom that I really love. It's one of my favorite activities to use with younger students, but it's also something I like to use with life skills students. And one of the things that I like is that the students are motivated by it because who doesn't like to eat, right? Another is that the number of skills that you can build and teach with cooking is huge. But what about cooking now, as I'm writing and recording this in the middle of a pandemic? How do you cook in the classroom with virus precautions? Or how do you use cooking as a teaching strategy in distance learning? So in this episode, I've got tips that address just those questions, as well as ideas about what you can teach with cooking. Um, I've got tips about how to cook in the classroom with the virus mitigation strategies, as well as tips for how to incorporate cooking into your distance learning. And to let you know ahead of time, um, if you are looking for a transcript or to read this or to find all the links related to this episode, you can go to autismclassroomresources.com slash episode 49, and I'll make sure that's in the show notes as well. So let's get started. Let's start with why I like cooking in the classroom. First, it is a highly motivating activity for many students and staff because you get to eat what you cook. It also takes learning out of the typical sit at a desk and attend, paper and pencil, and it can include more movement and sensory activities. Finally, it's a really good life skill for all of our students, regardless of their age. But the main reason that I like cooking in the classroom is the number of skills that you can embed in an activity that students will see as fun. I love anything where students don't realize they are learning. So let's talk for a minute about what skills you can teach with cooking. One of the main things I love teaching in cooking are language and communication skills. Students can learn vocabulary around food and the kitchen, including names of ingredients, processes like stirring, mixing, and tools like blender and spoon. You can also teach sequencing of being able to describe the steps that they took in making the recipe. They can work on describing tastes and the activity that they participated in. Being able to talk about an experience they participated in is an important skill for many of our students, and they can also work on answering questions about the experience. We can also address reading and literacy. Functional reading is so important for our students of all ages. Reading a recipe is one way to incorporate that into the classroom. Sequencing events based on the recipe is a way to work on comprehension. Reading and following the directions allow you to check for reading comprehension and language comprehension. And you can even include writing activities to go along with the cooking. 
There are a lot of math skills in cooking, of course, counting ingredients. I need three apples and measurement are two kinds of math skills we commonly think about. But you can also build more math by doubling or having a a recipe. So cut it in half, double it up. So students have to multiply or divide amounts. You can have students predict if they will like what they're cooking, and then they can graph everyone's predictions before they do the recipe and then the results after they try the food. And then they can make number sentences from the data. And of course, there are a lot of motor skills uh, that can be practiced from cutting, slicing, tearing up lettuce, stirring, beating eggs, tossing salad, opening and closing containers, and more. Plus, students can learn to use kitchen equipment like mixers and blenders and stoves and ovens. And there are a ton of science goals that can be addressed. Make something with yeast or baking powder and study the chemical reaction. Watch the rise of breads and examine how the amount of yeast or the climate and weather relate to how high it rises. Study the electricity that makes the blender run. Discuss solid liquids and gas when you boil water from ice. And of course, there are lots more goals that can be learned as part of cooking, like trying new foods, setting the table, and more. So let's move on and talk about cooking in the classroom and at home during a pandemic. Given the amazing things that you can teach through cooking, how do you include it in your curriculum safely and effectively during this time? Here are some ways that you can incorporate it into today's classroom and into your distance learning. So cooking in the classroom during COVID, my first tip is choose recipes that can be cooked with each student having his or her own ingredients. While it does limit the opportunity to work on collaboration and group activities during cooking, one goal I really like to address where everybody has a job, it prevents germ contamination. And I should say that this tip is also really useful in our present situation during the coronavirus, but it's also really helpful in any situations with health concerns in your classroom. So, you know, normal flu season. So what does this mean in terms of what you choose to cook? Well, here are some ideas. Any recipe that a student makes and eats his own item will work. So for instance, I will put a link to my tossed green salad cooking unit uh, in the show notes and in the uh, blog post. And I originally chose that when I created it, actually created it for the academy, thinking that you could divide up the jobs and have different students chop some vegetables, some chop others, some do different pieces, and then have them work together to complete the recipe. But because it's so separated, you can still have each student have his or her own vegetables to clean, to chop, and toss, and then they can eat their own salad rather than making a full toss salad for the group. English muffin pizza is another one that's in my store. It's another one where the students can make their own individual pizza, and the recipe and the materials are actually set up that way. Ants on a log, putting raisins in peanut butter or cream cheese on celery is another one that you can do where the students can have their own and assemble their own snack. So there's varying levels that you can use, uh, but there are lots of activities, lots of things out there that they can make an individual item that they eat their own food. What about cooking in distance learning with family? Um, 
One of my big tips for cooking is to make the experience last throughout the week because there are so many activities that you can do with it. You can spread it out and that works really well in distance learning. Um, so for instance, in my cooking units, there are there's a week-long lesson plan that shows how to do just one activity related to the cooking activity each day. So you're not cooking every day, but you're talking about it every day and you're practicing those skills. So if you're cooking um, in a situation where you're doing distance learning, one way is to cook with the family and follow up in class. So send the recipe home and have the family cook the item. That helps them to fit learning into their household routines and makes it less stressful for them and helps integrate learning into everyday activities, which improves generalization. When you do this though, just make sure that you're giving them specific instructions on what skills you're targeting and how. And then you could follow up their cooking with their family in your face-to-face video conferencing, doing sequencing activities, comprehension, and other expansion activities. Another way to make cooking work with distance learning or hybrid learning would be to cook with the class and follow up activities at home. So you could cook as a group in your video conference, have the students bring the ingredients if all they have to do is assemble them like ants on a log to the computer or take their device with the video conference to the kitchen. Then everyone can cook with your direction via video conference. You could do it one-to-one or you could do it in a group where everybody's cooking in their own kitchen. For hybrid situations, you could also cook, do the cooking activity part in the classroom and send the materials home virtually or in print for students to complete the follow-up activities like comprehension and sequencing with their family. So that makes it a little bit more structured for the family. You know what skills you're targeting and you're able to see, are they measuring correctly? Are they doing skills uh, independently as part of the cooking? So that's a way that you can kind of turn that around. You can do it either way in distance learning. So any of those three options will work in whatever kind of setting that you're in. And if you're looking for ideas and tools to make all of it work, I've got two cooking units in my store. They're already distance adapted and they would work for either situation. They include lesson plans to send home with specific goals and steps for families to complete. There's even a week-long lesson plan for each one that can be sent home to help parents pace out their activities. And each one includes all the activity, interactive activities set up in Google Slides. They all include lesson plans for previewing or pre-teaching the cooking activity, the lesson plan for cooking, for reviewing it, and for taking data. There's a communication board tailored to the recipe, visual recipes and written recipe cards, so pictures and written, comprehensive worksheets with and without pictures, sequencing activities, and prediction graphs and activities. So I've got lots of suggestions. There's also slideshows to review. There's also lots of tools for building literacy and language skills as part of those. So I will make sure that those are linked in the show notes. I will also make sure that there's information about them on the blog post at autismclassroomresources.com slash episode 49. 
I would love to hear how you are using cooking in your classroom now. If you want to, if you're an educator, hop over to our free Facebook group at specialeducatorsconnection.com. Answer the questions and we will let you in usually within a day. And if you have thought about joining the Academy, this actually, these products were actually originally part of a workshop that we have on cooking in the classroom. So if you'd like to try a seven day trial, go to specialeducatoracademy.com. Thanks so much for listening. I appreciate how precious your time is at this crazy time of life. And I love to hear from you. If you have questions or comments, reach out and let me know. And I hope to see you again next week. 